Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Allie. Jen. So so sorry about being late. <laughs> I oh, that's hard. Right. I was like, let me just hop in the shower real quick. And then Mike was like, do you want to shave your legs? I was like, yeah, I want to shave my legs. <laughs> <laughs> And I, get out of the shower, I said, well, shit. <laughs> That's funny. No, fine. You know, it's morning here. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I woke up late this, uh, since the last time we talked, life has beat me down, had me running around like crazy. I actually, you out? Oh, yeah. I actually went two days and didn't even really look at my phone. I'm backed Ooh. up on calls and everything. I didn't, I have had no energy. And then I thought, oh, I'll catch up this weekend. And then I woke, obviously, like I overslept my normal time and getting up at five. True. I wake up at seven and then I feel under the weather and I'm like, great. I'm not getting nothing done other than (laughs) schoolwork. Like I'm not responding to anyone. Yeah. Maybe next week. Yeah. It's not happening today, folks. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's just been, it's been crazy. And then I was looking at the news this morning while I was sitting here and we had a tornado and yeah, a lot of stuff. I know, right? It's going down. Although um, I saw, and I think I'm going to do, maybe my next article might include a little bit of it. Um, some states in Michigan were named, or some cities in Michigan were named uh, the best cities to live in in the United States. And University of Michigan was seen as the best college in the country. Really? I'm not, I'm actually not surprised. I yeah. seen an article the other day that was talking about hospitals and the University of Michigan hospital was up there. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll drop some good news next time. We do a lot of, we do a lot of dead people. I'm going to do... I'm going to do some more dead people today. People that were linked to marijuana and committed, committed murder. Not necessarily, none of them were high when they did it, but. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I was searching the web for stuff for the podcast and I came across a couple stories and you know how we took a break, you know, things, you know, get to you after a while. I read these stories it was like six or seven of them and they were short not very long murders or just like one was like uh no I think they were actually all murders I want to say one was like a ghost one but oh flash murder it had murder in it and I was so disturbed like for two days after that I could not even look like I gotta get step away because I was so disturbed after reading these yeah. that I just couldn't look up murder. I couldn't think about it. You know, I, I've been there. About it. I thought about that, you know, what I read. Yeah. And then yesterday I was like, I'm going to have to like buckle down. And those were good. I mean, they, they I were want, intriguing. They were intriguing. Yeah. And sometimes so, they're intriguing. They're captivating. Yeah. When I say, you know, a good story or whatever, that's what I mean. I don't mean it's good someone got murdered. I mean, right. I, usually the twist and the intriguing part is the catching them. And that's what's exciting. <laughs> I like True. people getting caught. All mine 
almost all mine or someone gets caught. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I, I got it got so bad that I, I almost called you and was like, we're going to have to take a break. <laughs> I <get laughs> like it. this is in my mind and I can't. And it wasn't even like, you know, it was very long read. It was a few minutes each story. And I'm like, dang, this is killing me. Look, what you should do is what I do is like look up like haunted train stations and shit and then accidentally watch a ghost hunting video. You can do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I did find I did find a new a current story actually happened in April. Oh. Um, I think it was April. End of March. Last day of March. For the murder of Alicia Jackson Skaggs. Okay. It's a sad story. Oh, no. So what I do have, you have? I have two, yeah, linked to marijuana. They're not that sad. Yours is sad? Yeah, so why don't I go first? Why don't you go first? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alicia was 20 years old when she was shot in the head. Golden Corral Buffet on March 31st, oh, shit. 2022. So this year. Oh, wow. It was, around, it was around 7.40 p.m. And it was the Golden corral in genesee county oh wow i know where the right where that is the situation which led to her death started outside a culver's restaurant where alicia was in a vehicle with an another person driving so she wasn't driving and i believe she was in the back seat from what i can gather okay and then a vehicle pulled up behind her Alicia knew the vehicle and the two people inside, who was DeAndre McLilly, age 22, and Wendy, it's not Wendy, it's Wendy with an okay. I, okay. Weatherford, age 47. DeAndre was her ex-boyfriend, who she had an open case against for active stalking and domestic violence. Oh, shit. The driver of the vehicle, this this threw me, okay. was his mother. So Wendy is his mother? Yeah. Okay. So we got a mother and son, and Alicia and DeAndre are exes, and she has a case against him for stalking and domestic violence. And his mom has him get in the car, and they drive to a place they know she's at? Or they just ran up on her on accident. Do I don't think this was an accident. Okay. Okay. But it could be. It's an open case. Okay. Okay. Also, we don't know. We have okay. to leave it open. Leave it open. Police told ABC 12 News that Wendy had positioned their vehicle in a way to allow DeAndre to fire two gunshots into the car Alicia was in. Are you fucking the kidding me? No. The so drive it gets worse. Okay. So the mom pulls up and allegedly, you know, the police say that she positioned her car where DeAndre could fire two gunshots. Jesus. The driver of the car Alicia was in fled and a high-speed chase began between the two going down several streets until the driver pulled into the Golden Corral, believing they had lost Wendy and DeAndre. Unfortunately, this wasn't the case. 
the two pulled into the parking lot and it is said that DeAndre got out of the car and allegedly shot a few rounds into the car Alicia was in as the driver tried to get away. Are you kidding me? When trying to drive away, the driver hit the Golden Corral sign along the road. This is when the driver claimed they noticed Alicia was shot in the head. In an attempt to help her, they told police they got out of the car to get to her and they shot at DeAndre. So this is the first time supposedly they shot at him. Okay. And that driver claimed that they shot twice in self-defense as he was allegedly coming at them on foot, aiming his gun. After this... No. Is there there a camera outside the Golden Corral in any way? Do they say? I was very curious. They do not. Yep, they don't say. And they don't say the that they had any footage from Culver's, but I'm assuming we wouldn't know that right at the moment. True. Because they were just arraigned. Okay. Um, so, okay. The After the self- back, he's coming across yeah. the parking lot. Person fires yep. back. Yeah. Yeah. After the self-defense shots, the driver said DeAndre ran off. The police investigators told ABC 12 News that after DeAndre ran off, Wendy, his mother, picked him up and they headed southbound on I-75, where they were pulled over by a state trooper who was alerted to the description of the vehicle. Wow. This wasn't the end of the situation. Police said DeAndre got out of the vehicle and ran when police caught up with him, there were there was a fight, and he was ultimately arrested. And after a search of their vehicle, police found two pistols and arrested Wendy. DeAndre is facing several counts of assault with intent to murder, first-degree murder, stalking, domestic violence, and other weapon charges. I believe his total charge count is 26, while Wendy is facing about 20 charges, which include first-degree murder, multiple counts of assault with intent to murder, and other weapon charges. Alicia. Okay, hmm? I'm going to say here, I have no idea what those two were thinking was going to happen after this. Like, what did you think was going to happen to you when you killed her? Like, what? What? First of all, like, why would you motivate to kill her because she broke up because she broke up with you? Is that the thing? And then what did you think was going to happen to you afterwards? Didn't you guys realize that you were both going to jail? Right. And not to be me, who's going to put money on your books if you're both in jail? <laughs> I, yeah, I can't even imagine like doing something like this. I couldn't either. Like my I kid my says, daughter. you know, yeah, not, not that much. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love her so much. But if she tried this oh. bullshit, I would not be behind her, no. Right. And uh, Alicia was taken to the hospital. And I found a news report um, from WNEM where she lost her life after two after a two-day battle. She was described in her obituary 
to be an amazing person who is beautiful inside and out. She was known to put everyone else first and was helpful, sweet, strong-willed. She was into anything girly, makeup, nails, and enjoyed music and art. Both the mother and son were arraigned on April 14, 2022. So we'll have to keep an eye out. And there was a news, one of the news articles that I read that there is an active GoFundMe for lawyer fees. Okay. For so them? I'm sure. For them. Well, I'm assuming those lawyer fees and expenses would be, they're going to sue them. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, you get, yeah, yeah. of course, Genesee County is going to charge them and yeah. prosecute. I mean, there's no doubt there. But then, you know, you have the civil. True. You got to pay for that. The, True. Okay. Okay. That so I'm, sense. I'm, I was like, I'm for what? <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that's what it's what it's for. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was reading that like, wow, that was, that was hard, thing. especially because she was so young. And such a good person that that when that kind of shit happens, it is so hard to read. It's I mean, just you can just imagine what their family's going through, and then yeah, whatever it is, it's ten times worse for them. Right. Yeah. All right. Tell me something that's well. It's still some murder. It's still some murder, but there's a little bit of justice here, a little bit, and at the end, it's not that bad. Okay. okay. So this first one I got from M Live Fox Two Detroit. I actually got them all from there. Wikipedia and TampaBay.com. So the first one takes place in Michigan. So Kent Hine, he had a, and the reason why I did marijuana murders is I work at a dispensary and some people (laughs) that have never been to a marijuana dispensary, imagine like, I don't know, a cave, cobwebs, maybe a gargoyle in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I envisioned in like dark black lights. Yeah. Some dude named Shaky in the corner. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I actually work in a really beautiful store. It's really nice. It is. It, it is, is very nice. nice. Yes. It is not something shady, but there are, you know, some connections socially. Marijuana is not always accepted. I do have a few people who do think I work in a basement somewhere. But <laughs> so, <laughs> Although I must say, one of my favorite things to do is like when your brother's home and I leave for work, I'm like, I'm off to sell drugs. <laughs> it's kind of funny yeah so, um, and, yeah and when people ask me you know what does your sister-in-law do yeah sell drugs. Drugs. yeah drug and dealer I, and i tax it <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so ken hein he had a med- medical marijuana grow business in lodi michigan lodi michigan and kent had a medical marijuana marijuana card he was a caregiver and he was known also to distribute the product from the grow location. So Adam's house, oh, Adam house, his name is Adam house. And I kept calling him Adam's house. But his yeah, that's what I thought. You. Yeah. His first name is Adam. His last name is house. Please forgive okay. me if I do it again later. Cause I read him oh. up again later. Okay. So he's one of Ken's employees and he testified that Kent often and told his employees that if he found someone stealing from him, Kent would kill them and dispose of their bodies by quote chip burn and landfill end quote by that he means throw them in a chipper Mm -hmm. evidence throw it in the landfill okay so okay yeah 
During the day of February 26, 2020, Kyle Luark's mom was not able to contact her son. Kyle, who was a 27-year-old man from Redford, Michigan, had gone missing. So she used the location device on his phone trying to see like what his last location was. And when she goes to that location, she tries to look around the property and she this yeah, this dude like opens the door and begins to fire a gun at her. And that dude Shit. Hine. Yeah, that's Kent Hine. Okay. So Kyle's mom calls the Washtenaw police and they respond to the location, Washtenaw County, if you're wondering, and they respond to the location, which was Kent's Grove facility. That was the last location that Kyle had been um, at, according to his phone. So while talking to them, Kent told them, while talking to the cops, told them he had shot an intruder hours earlier in self-defense. He then took them to the body of the dead man. He then took the body of the dead man off the Grove property and brought it to his house, which is the property next door. So he kills Kyle on the property, takes it to his house next door. Then he places the body on a burn pile that he already had. He adds log and diesel fuel and then sets it on fire. But what is one thing we know about human bodies and burning? Like, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. We have a you lot can't... of water. Yeah, we've got a lot of water. We've got a high fat content. We're hard to find. We're hard to burn. So the police were able to find easily the remains in the fire pit. Now, originally, Kent was charged with mutilation, disinterment, and concealing the death of a person. So then the police subpoena the video because he has multiple cameras all over the property. And they also asked for his personal computer. So Kent Hine, okay, it's then established in the early morning hours of the 26th, Kyle Luark and his longtime friend, Michael Battle, entered Kent's property. At four o'clock in the morning, they tried to steal a 10-pound bag of marijuana. Kent Hine sees this on the camera, grabs his illegally owned short barrel shotgun, when he's alerted to the break-in, right? Sneaks around the property with a thermal imaging lens. Until he's Jesus. On, yes. Until he's on top of them, he startles Kyle and then shoots him. And then once Kyle falls to the ground, Ken walks up on him, shoots him several more times. The autopsy reveals that Ken was struck by several metal projectiles, and at least three of them were fatal, or possibly fatal. One went through his heart. Ken oh. uses a lift then to move Kyle's body to his home, where then he tries to burn him. The next morning before Kyle's mom shows up, Kent Hines shows his employee, Adam House, where the altercation took place. He shows him like, here, and this is where in the building they tried to get in, and here's where I got them. And then shows Adam the surveillance video of the two men on the property, but he stops it before the shooting happens. So Adam doesn't actually see. And then a few weeks later, Adam just quits. Like, this shit's crazy, right? I would have quit right then. Right? No, I'd have been afraid of him. He does have guns and a willingness to use them. And he just killed someone less than 24 right. hours ago. Sure. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to be over here. And uh, I'm, when I punch out later, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, after reviewing the video, the police then just decide, decide to charge Kent Hines with one count of open murder, possession of illegal firearms, felony firearms, and concealing the death of an individual and disinterment and mutilation of a dead body. On June 30th, 2021, Kent had his preliminary hearing and was um, still free on $850,000 bond. So he's not even in jail, right? Mm -hmm. The court date had been originally set for March of 2021, but Kent's attorneys had requested an extension. 
Now, I would be able to tell you why the extension, but I couldn't get the article to load, so I don't know why they got the extension. But from there, I just can't find out what happened. So I look in Otis to see if Kent Hines was in jail. He is not in jail. So it basically goes radio silent after June 30, 2021. And I know that you can like go to the report and request documents, but that costs money. (laughs) You have to remember, and I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast where I did find that I, I don't know how, I don't remember how I know this, but I remember knowing it, that everything's like a year out, if not more, six months to a year. So true, true. because of COVID, everything's backed up. So he could still just be free. True. Okay. I'll keep on this one then. Yeah. So you'll have to keep on it because I think there was one, I think it was one case I was looking at or something that I found that out. Like there's these people that have cases open since COVID 2020. Oh, shit. And okay. there to get a court date is a year or so down the road. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think that's probably what you ran into. Yeah. You know, and probably, probably is still waiting. Right. And you, and this is an eye opener. Because, you know, people be like, you know, I'll kill that person. Let somebody come in here. I'll kill them. And you just think that's what just what they're saying. Right? They're not going to do that. And that dude, really, he stuck with it. He, he meant what he said. Like, he followed through 100%. Yeah. <laughs> now, this right. next one is a, a more famous one. So, it is a 1930s death. The Lakata family lived in Ybor, which was which is in Tampa, Florida, in the 1930s. So Michael, the father, was 44 years old, and he owned two barber shops. And their family did really well financially, but they did have, like, internal struggles, right? The two parents, Michael, 47, and Rosalia, 44, were first cousins. And mental illness ran on both sides of their family. So one of their sons had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. A granduncle and two cousins were institutionalized with mental illness. And in 1932... The Lakata parents had filed a petition against their son, Victor, for institutionalization, but then they later withdrew it. Now, Victor was known as a danger to his family, like the, his mental illness made him, you know, strike out and hurt other people to the point where his dad slept with a gun underneath his mattress. Huh. Now, October 16th, 1933, Victor Lakata would mur- murder his parents, his two brothers and his sister. And that this is while they were all sleep, lay sleeping in this, their beds. Victor attacked each of them with an axe, killing them. And all of the Lakatas had been beaten around the head. The next morning, police arrive at their home. And they find Victor standing there with clean clothes on. But underneath his clean clothes are like bloodied clothes. And his body's covered in blood. But Victor doesn't recall murdering his family. So when they say like, well, okay, well, what do you recall? He's like, well, my parents woke me up and they like cut off my arms. And they did all these things to torture me. And they replaced my arms with these like wooden arms and iron claws. And his whole, yeah. And that like his, his siblings and his family were all laughing through his trauma. So then he picked up this strange rubbery axe and he knocked out his family to like save himself. And then he wrung the blood out of his axe and then, you know, went back to his room. And this was just because it's all a dream. It wasn't real. And it didn't bother him. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when Victor was admitted to the mental hospital, no use of marijuana was made at all. The closest thing that Victor said was he's telling them, you know, how it's like a dream. He said, quote, the kind of nightmare that lifts its ugly head out of a deadly combination of raw moonshine and dope, end quote. So that's all he said. Not that I was smoking weed, but I was in a dream. And the dream is like if you were drinking and smoking weed. So despite having a family and a personal history of mental illness, police chief W.D. Bush reported that Victor had been addicted to marijuana and had been smoking it for months, implying that this led to his insanity, which caused his family's murders. The next day, the chief of Tampa Police Department admitted that, wait, maybe, you know, marijuana wasn't a big deal, but it might have been a small part of his insanity. And just because if it's a small part, I will wipe out all marijuana use. In October 20th, 1933, the Tampa Morning Tribune did a six-page editorial on the murders called, quote, Stop This Murderous Smoke, end quote. So here's, here's, yeah, here's a quote from the article. It may or may not be wholly true that the pernicious marijuana cigarette is responsible for the murderous mania of a Tampa young man and the exterminating and exterminating all the members of his family within his reach. But whether or not the poisonous mind wrecking weed is mainly accountable for the tragedy, its sale should not be, nor never have been permitted here anywhere else. End quote. That's good. They were really mad at weed. (laughs) And this is the crime that helped inspire an anti-marijuana movie called Reefer Madness that came out in 1936. Have you ever seen it? No. Where is it? Is it on YouTube? You can find it. Yeah. Now, my sister Cassie used to own like the DVD of it. And what happened is one day her apartment burnt down and I was like, was Reefer Madness in there? And she was like, yeah. And it was a bummer. So it came out, and basically the movie suggests that um, it, it goes. It's crazy. You have to watch it. It's an old black and white movie, but it suggests that if you smoke marijuana, you may commit suicide, rape, murder, promiscuous sex. You know all sorts wow. of terrible things. It was originally called "quote Tell Your Children" end quote. Yeah. So that's not the end of Victor's story, actually. Um, Victor was sent to a mental institution for the criminally insane. I mean, obviously he's insane, right? October 15th, 1945, he escapes and he he managed to remain unfound by authorities for five years. And in August of 1950, he came by a restaurant that's owned by his cousin and explained that he's looking for work. So his cousin's like, okay, okay, they spent some time. And he's like, come back in a couple of days. And Victor's like, oh, okay. And he comes back and the cops are there. (laughs) (laughs) So he's arrested again and he's taken to the Rayford prison in Florida. And months later, while still there, he commits suicide. Oh. Yeah, in 1950, maybe early 1951, but I think it's late 1950. Yeah, so this they said, yeah, he mentioned that it was he murdered his parents. It was like a dream and like you know, it's marijuana was involved. I'm going to say that dream. I mean, the story was captivating, right? <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I, I'm not. I'm, of course, not sold on it there, but same, same. But But that's a good story. I mean, he had to think that out. Yeah. And um, they really used that story as like a launching pad as to why marijuana was decriminalized. 
Yeah. I didn't realize that. Now I'm going to look that video up because now have, I have to watch fucking it. Insane. You have to watch it. Yeah. Google it up on YouTube. Even if you can only catch like a couple clips of it, it'll give you an idea of what the flavor and taste of that bad boy is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It is insane. <laughs> All right. Well, well next time I'm not going to have anything so terrible. I'm actually going to tell you. So what happens is I start with reading a fact book and realize that the facts are not correct. And then from there, I can spiral <laughs> out of control. I love that you read a facts book. Yeah. And then you check the facts in the facts book. Yeah. The book is called, like, Little Known Facts. I'm like, you want to know why no one knows this? Because it's not a fact, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to, I always uh, fly in, on the seat of my pants most of the time. I'm sticking with the boyfriend thing, I think. I might do something different. Give yourself like a little breather for a minute. Yeah, or I'll find something even worse. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a toss-up, so this week we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, I soothe myself by looking up murderers who've been murdered. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever it takes. <laughs> right. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.